This is the Power Producers Podcast, where we are refining and redefining the sales game. Rule number one is you have to believe in yourself. You're the only one who doesn't think you belong in this appointment. The prospect has already validated your existence by scheduling time with you. Get it through your head you belong here. Go in there, crush it, and close the deal. A place where sales professionals can come to learn from other sales professionals and thought leaders that have mastered their craft. The difference between a good salesperson and a best-in-class salesperson is only two minutes. By spending an extra two minutes on what you might think is a mundane task in the sales game, you separate yourselves from the pack, you grow your book of business, you close more deals, and you retain your accounts. As well as their peers who are still striving for perfection to achieve their why. I have a wife and four kids. Failure is not an option. Real sales professionals. Real stories. Real results. It's no different than being a professional baseball player. You can't be a one-trick pony. You have to be a five-tool player in order to succeed in this game. This is the Power Producers Podcast. Production redefined. Are you ready to feel the power? Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Power Producers Podcast, where we are refining and redefining the sales game. And today we have Crystal Fox who has got some really cool stuff she's doing at Beauty Queen Insurance. And we're going to talk about that a little bit. Crystal, what's up? Hey, how's it going? It's going. I'm good. I'm good. You got, you got, uh, your name got in front of me from our mutual friend, Ms. Teresa Kitchens. Mm. Over yeah, she's on the old, wonderful. She is. I wish she had a little energy. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Probably about time we have her back on. It's been a little bit. Yeah, you know what? It probably is. So, I mean, we're we're um we're doing our best to try and feature our female friends that are out doing cool stuff in the insurance marketplace cuz, you know, as anybody who listens to the podcast knows, very much think that we're a male pale and stale industry and there's a lot that you can learn from the resourcefulness of some of the other people that play the game with us. We laugh at, man. Can I tell you who's not pale? Duran. That guy looks no. like he had rolled around in some charcoal the other day at sales meetings. He's so listen, dark from spring break. Oh my God. I have had no less than two dozen people <laughs> tell me how dark I am. And yeah, he you makes look out. But yeah. he makes me look albino. Like, seriously. Yeah, and, I was as dark I, as I've seen him, man. I, I said something to him when he came into sales meeting and he's like, what are you talking about, man? I mean, come on, dude. Get out of here, man. Yeah, he looked like he had spent uh, a few weeks down in the Dominican Republic and just laid at the <laughs> resort pool for the entire time. He looked like he flawlessly executed gym tan laundry and left the gym <laughs> and laundry out, okay? <laughs> like, I thought I was doing okay because I got roasted at the Valspar on Friday and my forehead was just, like, totally cooked. And I walk into sales meeting and you're almost black and I can barely uh-huh. see <laughs> I can barely see Well, look, Iran. I am extremely transparent. I fell asleep in the sun. So well, well you're not in color now. Yeah, yeah. I, it was well. This was going on about a month ago, and for two and a half weeks, I peeled. So it was mm-hmm. really, really bad. I did. Some, <laughs> I, I, I listen. It was so bad. I actually made a dermatologist appointment Jeez. because I did. Like I've got like bumps and stuff that Ugh. started on my skin. That I, yeah, it's crazy. The so fuck? people, you need to wear your sunscreen and be yeah. responsible. Public service you know, announcement. SPF thirty minimum. Terrible. I mean, that sort of that sort of blends into beauty queen insurance a it little does. bit. It does. Exactly why I brought it up. Yeah. So listen, Crystal. Before we get ramped up, why don't you give everybody sort of the ten thousand foot overview of who you are and, and sort of where you came from and what you're doing now, and then we're just gonna pepper you with a bunch of questions. And All right. Let's do talk it. about our experience too, because we you know we've got even though we're known as a middle market commercial insurance <laughs> agency. We have some affinity brands that we repre- that we have created that we market, and even more that are going to be going to market this summer. Now that I finalized a college intern yesterday, mm. so yeah, bringing in a little, bringing in a little young blood. Got a okay. uh, risk management major who's going really? back to get her her master's in risk wow. management at FSU, yeah, and we're okay. going to have the pleasure of having her with us here for a couple of months this summer with the nice. intention. And I, look. 
You want the order, you got to ask for the order. I told this young lady up front, my intention in giving you an internship is to make you fall in love with us and refuse to work anywhere else when you graduate. So there you go. Yep. We'll see how good we'll see how good uh, and persuasive I can be. But go ahead and give us your backstory, Crystal. All right. So it's a pretty unique, really organic story. I did not grow up with anybody in the industry. No one in the family had an agency, friends, family. It was something really foreign to me. And I actually was in the beauty industry for about 15 years. And then um, it actually kind of, my whole story actually kind of started in 2019. Um, I was like I said, in the beauty industry for 15 years. And before coming into the insurance industry, I was with Tarte Cosmetics. Um, if you have wives or daughters, you might be familiar with Tarte. Um, they're in Ulta, Sephora, Macy's. Um, if you were to text them right now and ask if they've heard of Shape Tape Concealer, I'm 95% sure they would say yes and or yes, and it's in my bathroom drawer right now. So Tarte has a really big following, and I was the account executive for Indiana for about seven years with them and traveled the whole state of Indiana, went to all the different Ultas, Sephoras, Macy's, sold for Tarte, executed really successful events, made sure the stores had everything they needed to be successful when I wasn't there, onboarding new employees, um, just had the fun pleasure of playing with makeup. And of course I loved it. And in 2019 though, I was really looking for something else still in the beauty industry, but I didn't know what that was. But I also knew I needed to update my resume. I hadn't really looked at my resume for about seven years because I was with Tarte and everything was great and I was happy. But I was interested in something else still in the beauty realm, didn't know what that was, but I wanted to make sure my resume was up to date. So when I found that perfect opportunity, I could just email, link my resume, everything. I didn't have to wait to send my resume or change the format. So I actually met with somebody over LinkedIn, Took a couple months, but we got my resume updated. Super happy with it. That was like January of 2020. And then we all know March of 2020, things changed for everybody. Um, COVID happened. We all had to pivot. We all had to figure out maybe a new way of life. And Tarte was great. We were working from home. We did the best we could. But when your job is to travel and yeah. sell and do makeup, and now all of a sudden you can't travel, the stores are closed. No one's going anywhere. No one's really wearing makeup. You have to make a choice. And Tarte did the best they could, but they furloughed about 90% of the sales team. And wow. at that point, I just said, okay, like my resume is up to date. I'm ready for something else. I'll just, I said yes to, you know, the universe and said, I know it'll put me where I need to be when I need to be there. And I'm open to new opportunities, trying new things. I will show up. And I just said, I'm not going to be afraid. And I just let it go. I just let the universe do its thing and guide me to where I needed to be. And then not long after that, actually my father-in-law, he stopped by the agency where I'm at now, Smith, Sawyer & Smith. And he said, Crystal, I was in town paying my life insurance and I was talking to my agent and I mentioned your name and asked if they were hiring or had any opportunities. And actually the agent said, well, we are starting a new sales division and, you know, have her apply and we'll go from there. So my father-in-law, he stops by the house and knocks on the door. He says, Crystal, here's her card. Email her if you're interested. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like I love my father-in-law, <laughs> deeply respect him, really got lucky with all my in-laws. But um, I'm like, John, I don't have any insurance background. I don't know anything about that industry. And I remember I had those three thoughts. I had the first thought was, I know nothing about insurance. So I don't think I'm their best candidate. The second one was, well, I really respect him. So I'd owe it to him to at least try. And the third thought was, I'm furloughed. I don't know what my job is going to be like if I'm going to have a job to come back to. And my resume is up to date anyway. I have nothing to lose by applying and I might have to start interviewing again anyway. So I need to be comfortable with that process. So I emailed Kendra, who's still at the agency and without her, I would not be here. Um, emailed her and just said, here's who I am. My father-in-law was in, my resume is attached. If you feel like I'm a good candidate, please let me know. And I remember randomly that it was on a Wednesday and I emailed her, attached my resume, thought nothing of it, thought I would never hear from her. And she emailed me back like within, I think, a half hour. And she said, Crystal, I've forwarded on your resume and someone will be in touch. 
And I'm thinking, sure, they will. After they review my resume, they're gonna be like, there's nothing insurance related here. Like, why? But I had a strong sales background. And she forwarded on to Ryan, who is one of the agency principals. And he called me that afternoon. And I didn't know the number. I kind of knew who it was, but I wasn't sure. So I let it go to voicemail. And he left a voicemail and just said, hey, give me a call. I'm looking at your resume. Let's have a conversation. So I called him back that afternoon. And I just said, you know, here's who I am. And here's what I've been doing. And he said, well, I'd like to have you in for a vetting. Not necessarily an interview, but just to get an idea of what you're looking for, who you are, and you can kind of get an idea of how the agency is set up. And I said, okay, I can do that. He said, well, when can you come in? And I remember, like I said, it was a Wednesday. And the next day, my mom lives a couple hours south in Indianapolis. And I was going to go see her for a girl's weekend. And I said, well, I'm getting ready to go out of town tomorrow afternoon. So I could do like next week, maybe Monday. And he's like, well, can you come in tomorrow morning? And I was like, Sure, I can make that work. So I come, we do a quick vetting. He explains that they're actually starting a sales problem, a program called InBig, which was National Builders Insurance Group. And they're looking for sales agents, and that's something that they would probably turn me into. Oh. And I'm like, okay, that sounds good. And long story short, it kind of did a formal interview and I accepted the position. Um, but InBig wasn't ready yet, so I started in claims which if you have no insurance knowledge, starting a claim was a definite crash course for, you know, everything. All of it, yeah. Out. Yeah, so that's where I started. And I was in claims for a couple of months and I just noticed that we didn't have a lot of beauty policies. And I asked Ryan one day, I just said, do we write med spas or can we insure med spas? And he kind of gives me a look like we can. Like, why are you asking? <laughs> I said, well, I was in the industry for 15 years and I know a lot of beauty business owners and I just feel like it's kind of maybe an underserved market. And he was like, mm, tell you what, if you can collect the data, get the policies, find some common themes, coverages, carriers, come back to me, present this idea. So I'm like, oh, and I'm still in claims. So here I am full time in claims and I go home and I'm asking friends saying, hey, you know, here's an idea that I have, a division of insurance dedicated to your business, focusing on the beauty industry. You would have an agent who knows your business, who knows your services, and tell me if that's something that you're interested in. And overwhelmingly, they all were like, oh my God, if I could have an agent who knew my business, understood my services, was relatable, absolutely, I support this idea. And then I just asked for their policy, which was scary at first. But once I got the support <laughs> and I told them, I said, I'm not trying to sell you a new policy. I'm not trying to change your coverages, change your policy. I just need the data. And they were all so awesome and sent me their policies. And I saw the commonalities, the common carriers, the limits. And so I gathered all that data. And I also hit Ryan because Ryan is a military vet, army vet. So not my target market, doesn't really understand the beauty industry like I know the beauty industry. And he basically was like, I, pre I presented that data and I had some statistics, you know, I said, typically the beauty industry is the last to get hit by a recession and the first to recover. And everyone's been home looking at themselves at Zoom. A lot of them are not happy with what they're seeing. So the projected services are gonna increase for Botox and fillers and plastic surgery and there's gonna be a need for this. And he basically at that moment said, okay, do it. So I'm still in claims. I'm creating this division and I'd come up with everything. I had to come up with the name, the colors, the theme, the aesthetic, the marketing, the promotional items. And here we are. It's been almost a year and it's been amazing and a great ride. Wow. That's a mouthful. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's not super organic, not like a lot of other people's stories. <laughs> no, but I mean, talk a little bit about kind of how you've expanded this thing or what your vision is for expanding it. Because I think that, you know, when you get into a niche, one of the first things people look at is how much is the average revenue per account in a, mm -hmm. in a niche that they're going to get into, right? Where I think they stop is what the what the opportunities are outside of what's directly in front of their face. So that is the strategy that we used when we put Florida wedding insurance together, right? So I own, I'm, I'm a middle market commercial agency 
who mm-hmm. also is number one ranked on Google for wedding insurance in Florida, which is ah. the complete opposite of commercial middle market. On mm-hmm. one hand, we're writing accounts that pay us fifty to $100,000 in commissions every time we write one. And on the mm-hmm. other hand, I have one that's paying me 50 bucks, you know? Yep. But yep. here's, and, and so here's the thing though. I think that if you're looking at things as an agency owner from a global perspective, my number one goal more than I mean, aside from writing business, but in the process of writing business, my number one goal is to get as many opportunities for my team as I can, because the more opportunities we have, the more chances we have to sell. Right. So when you think about it. And you and you look past the fact, okay, this is nuts that this, you know, this guy could go out and easily write, you know, six figure premium accounts pretty much all day and he's screwing around over here. Well, here's the problem. That's all I did for a number of years was write middle market commercial. And as a result, I don't have that bottom layer. I don't have that foundation in my agency. We didn't have personal lines. We didn't have small business unit or any of that stuff. So as we went out or as I went out specifically, you, you know, when it was just me at the agency, I was writing these accounts. And now if you lose one, it's like, holy yeah. crap, yeah, we don't, exactly. you know, we can't, it's not that we can't afford to lose one. It just hurts. It stinks. Right. I don't care how big your agency ever gets. If you lose $50,000 in revenue in a single swipe, it's going to yeah. hurt. So yeah. we decided we needed to go back and figure out what we could do. What are some things that we could do to bring the average revenue per account down in the agency? We also decided, and one of those things was we needed to add personal lines, which was an awesome idea based on how things are in Florida right now. It's absolutely <laughs> hideous. So I know. I, I got an I email just, yesterday I, for that, and I'm just like, I, I, I immediately went like this. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I have all my friends, all my friends who haven't asked me to listen. If you're my friend, and for whatever the reason you're, you know, one of my friends who's not in the insurance industry, and you happen to be listening to this because you're just being nosy about what I do, you know, when I'm when I'm at work all day, let me tell you something. You didn't ask me to quote your crap for 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 five years, yeah. right? And now all of a sudden you want me to bail you out, mm-hmm. right? I was here when you want your Little League team sponsored or your event yeah. taken care of or to buy the couple hundred boxes of Girl Scout cookies and hand them out to my clients or whatever else. But now that we have a crisis in Florida, I'm the savior, <laughs> right? I'm the one that's going to fly in and take care of, and I'm just able to completely nullify your 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 rate increase and, and have, it, have you get a flat renewal. Here's a fun fact, people. If you thought I had the ability to reduce your premiums by 30%, why wasn't I quoting your stuff all along? Right. Yeah. So anyhow, all that now, now my rant's over all that to say, we realized pretty quickly that, you know, everybody that's in the personal line space for the most part wants to have that lifelong client. They want to capture the young married couple who's buying their first home or renting an apartment, has a couple cars. Now they got a little jewelry because they just got hitched, you know, needs life insurance and everything. And what I realized is that if we can catch them when they need the wedding and we can make that very seamless for them. All I'm doing is getting leads into my CRM that will now drip market to them and allow us to cold call them for all of the other lines. Mm -hmm. And so what happens is when somebody buys that policy from us on flweddinginsurance.com, I'm giving you guys the domain. You want to go check it out, feel free. You know, I give you all 15 ingredients, Ant Bees Chili, so you might as well see the site. And when they go there, they have the ability to a quote buy a quote bind issue product for the the wedding liability that'll get their certificates issued to the venue and everything else. Or if they want a cancellation policy, they can click a button. There's a fillable form they can complete. That fillable form then ports into our system, and we can then quote them on cancellation. Pick up the phone, take the payment over the phone, and be done with it. Then we hit them with a drip campaign. But you know, in equal intervals based on when the actual wedding date is, hitting them for the other lines of coverage. But if you take the time to step back and think about it, what really triggered my mind on this was the group that we use, Francis L. Dean, for the wedding insurance, has like a myriad of other products. So we can go in to spas, you know, we can go into barber shops, hair salons nail salons, whatever else, because from a liability perspective, these people have a tent. Most of these people that are working at these places, at least, you know, the stuff that we're doing is 1099, right? The the barbers rent their chair. They're not an employee of the barber, but they have to have their own insurance. So why can't I just send them to 
our branded site for Barber's Insurance, where they can get it, quote, bind issue. We make a quick 50 off the policy, but we slide that over into the CRM, and now we start hitting the Barber's each individually for all of their personal line stuff. We go after the actual shop owner to ensure the entire barber shop go after their, their stuff. And I mean, you can take something that made you very little money on the front end, and if you work it the correct way, you can take something that literally would have paid you 50 or or $100 and turn it into a $10,000 revenue stream in every single one of these locations if you hit the right ones. And so we've taken and replicated that with all of the stuff that we have the ability to do quote bind issue with because why not, right? It just it's lives out on hands the internet. Off. It, right. Yeah, it's like an ATM for me. Yeah. You know, it just keeps spitting money out, and there's no reason not to do it. It doesn't cost me anything other than to build it, and once we build that landing page, it just does its own thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, dude, we haven't even put – how much money have we – I, I actually even say this. We get regular leads, a couple of leads a week for Florida Fitness Insurance. I've not put a single paid ad behind that. Yeah, they just it, continuously it, come in. Right. And, and they do, and it's and it is multiple a week, and that's I've been working on that. I've actually got to the point where that's what I'm requesting in B and I because like I'm not going to get middle market leads from them. I mean, maybe maybe one a year if I'm lucky. So I've just started saying, hey, look, you know, we specialize in do in, in doing um, you know PNC stuff for gyms and fitness centers and all that stuff. We can even do twenty four seven. That that actually um, I found that out like last week. I thought that was not part of the deal. It is. Um, so that's opened up the doors a little bit to some other opportunities too. But all that stuff is just is just flowing in, man. I'm, it's like it's it's I'm spending my time <laughs> quoting all this stuff that's coming in. Yeah, but the thing is, it's not it's not high dollar when it comes in, but when it does, no, but it's it volume can parlayed and, into so right. many other things, right? So. Mm-hmm. How, when you when you started, you know, Beauty Queen Insurance, like what are the what are the verticals that you're going after inside of that? So that was the one of the harder parts was coming up with the name. Um, we wanted to make sure I wanted to make sure that it was appealing to anyone in the beauty industry, not just for hair salons or med spas or permanent makeup. I wanted to make sure we can encompass that whole industry. And I had to come up with a name and that took a couple weeks and I was driving home one day and I just kept saying like beauty over and over and thinking of things and finally like beauty queen just kind of popped in and I'm like, okay, beauty queen insurance. I like that. Came to the office the next morning, Ryan and I just kind of researched to make sure it hasn't been taken. Um, Nothing else like that. And the website was still available. He bought it right there. So we're still working on that. Um, so we had the name. Kind and of surprising, wanted, honestly, because like beauty queen I, is a is a relatively um, frequently used term. You know, that's I, yeah, that's interesting. That's why I thought, okay, like I don't know if this is even available. If we'll have to tweak it, but yeah. it was still available. Um, so, like I said, I wanted to make sure it was that whole beauty ecosystem under the umbrella. Um, and Smith Sawyer Smith has been super supportive of everything that um, I've come up with, this idea, which I've you know always been thankful for from day one to even say, yeah, this sounds great. Because a lot of maybe agencies would have been like, no, we don't want to do that. We can't do that. Um, but I came up with the name and then it was kind of the marketing stuff. But like you said, um, you know, one small account might not have much of a profit, but once you get referrals and I started going to beauty schools and we have a few really predominant beauty schools here in Indiana and I thought it would be a lot harder, but I actually would just kind of go in and my process, my thought process was, okay, beauty schools, it's a revolving door of graduations and of students and classes start every six weeks, eight weeks, depending, I think, on where you go. And there's always going to be new students, but there's always students graduating. So as I was also quoting new business, people were like, I didn't know I needed this. Like, it's not taught in schools that they need insurance, especially if you're starting a business, booth rent, whatever your situation is, like, it's not covered. And it didn't matter what school they graduated from. It was a common theme that I was hearing a lot. So I thought, well, I need to get into these beauty schools and either try to come to job fairs or ideally present. And I went to a couple and just dropped off some of my marketing stuff and you know said, here's who I am. And I thought I'd have to jump through hoops. I thought it would have to be, you have to go through corporate. You have to do this, like a whole rigmarole of just BS, to be honest. But I would go in and explain myself and who I am and show them some of the marketing stuff and 
they they loved it and they like, okay, yeah, let's get you on the books. Let's get you scheduled. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like they understood the value that I was bringing. And then it was thankfully a month. I think I booked my first one and it was like a month after that, that the actual class date was. But then I'm thinking, well, now I have to come up with this presentation for the students. Like now I have to come up with something else and explain the coverages, what they need, why they need, how it works and just kind of come come up with an hour of content now. But doing that, it might not be a lot for their policy if they're a hairstylist or they're graduating. But like you said, turning it into referrals, turning it into quoting their personal auto, home, commercial line, I mean, it just can grow from there. Um, and again, doing job fairs at the beauty schools, I'm able to go meet the students that are graduating or even if they just start in school, but also meet the business owners that are there and talk insurance with them a little bit as well. Yeah, I think that the part that you're doing the beauty schools is is really smart. You know, for people listening to this, you may have heard me talk about this before, but I actually have relationships with some of the contractor licensing schools here in town. And one of the ways that we deal with that is, and I need to ramp this up now that COVID is over, I can get back in the swing of this, mm -hmm. but I would go out and I would comp an hour of my time where I would go out and just basically explain insurance and risk management for contractors, knowing full well it was going to go in one ear and out the other because mm -hmm. contractors are typically shady and hate insurance, right? But they have to have it in order to get their license and to get jobs. So I try to make it as painless for them as possible. Well, now you have companies out and what you know is that when somebody is just getting Getting their license, the very first thing they need to do in order to operate in most cases is to go get a license bond and get a permit bond. Well, we have relationships with Propeller and Zip Bonds, both have been on the podcast, that offer a very streamlined, literally quote bind issue situation yeah. for bonding. So now I can go out and I can meet that need for these people. I can give them my contact information, direct them to a landing page. They can go to that landing page, fill their information out, get the pricing, make the payment, have the bond issued in real time. And then we can boom, here we go. Hey, since if you enjoyed your experience buying your bond from us, we want to let you know we're also a full service insurance agency. We can handle your general liability and the email drip campaign start. And now you're starting to round these uh, small artists and contractors out. Look, some of them are a pain in the butt. A good number yeah. of them are a pain in the butt, but... There are also some of these people that start these companies and they take off. And the next thing you know, you've got a really sizable contractor that you've been sure. working with since they first got their license. So I, I really appreciate and subscribe to that exact same belief that if you can get in and educate these people when they're coming through their their um, licensing stuff, you'll have a client for life as long as you don't screw up, right? I mean, I think, I think that's pretty much the case for everything. We should all have clients for life as long as we don't screw up. But I mean, it's interesting. It's a different vibe. I think you'll probably agree. I mean, these are not people who really want to have to go out and shop insurance, right? Yeah. They don't want to spend time. They don't want to, I mean, every, yes, every dollar is important, but if you have a reasonably priced product that it doesn't take any time at all for them to get, and any time they need you, you're there, it's really that simple. Definitely. And, you know, when you're talking to beauty school students, some of them literally graduated high school and they started beauty school. So some of them don't understand insurance at all, why they need it. It's not really applicable applicable to them at that time. But then come graduation, that was the other thing. So maybe they just started school, but I'm going, I'm talking to them when they need insurance, they have a person in mind, they understand what they need. And I wanted them to know when they signed that contract at that hair salon, med spa, whatever they're doing, like they understood what they were asking for. They understood, okay, I need general liability. I understand what that is. I need professional liability. I understand what that is. And here's why I need it. And here's why that covers. So even if some of the students don't graduate for another few months, at least they'll have a person in mind when they need it. And that's really grown a lot. It really has taken just a couple accounts for beauty schools. And then all of a sudden that spreads and they're referred by friends. And then it just kind of keeps gaining momentum. Um, the other thing, so I'm not big on uh, like personal, like social media. Um, I had an Instagram account, but I personally didn't have a Facebook account. And then I came up with a name and the marketing and everything. And I'm like, well, I should probably create a beauty queen insurance Instagram page. 
and I didn't know where to start. I was kind of finding my voice, trying to figure out what to post and followers, and it's been a slow grind, but I'm starting to feel my way around there. But then everyone was like, well, you need a Facebook page. And I didn't have Facebook. I did not want a Facebook page, but that definitely has been where my most valuable leads have come from because I'm in the private hmm. Facebook groups. And I haven't done any like drip campaigning. I've done some email blasts, but not a lot. But these private Facebook groups for permanent makeup artists, for microblading, for hair salons, they ask and there are rules. So I can't just like go on and post my business card and contact me if you need insurance. There are rules that you have to follow. But there's a lot of times people are like, hey, I'm graduating. I need insurance. What can you recommend? Well, I can go on and post my business card and say, hey, here's who we write with. Here's how I can help. Please let me know. And I've gotten a lot of business that way. And then they refer their friends too. And that's all over the United States. I mean, there's thousands of people in these private groups. And I think that absolutely is how we've grown so fast. And Beauty Queen Insurance, we're in 14 states. Smithsoyer Smith can write in all 50 states. And Beauty Queen is a division of that. And we're in 14 states. And to not even have celebrated our one year anniversary yet is amazing to me. Yeah. So, I mean, you guys are growing and, and doing some exciting things. What's on the horizon for you? What, you know, what, what's what's the goal? What's the plan for the next few years? I definitely want to have a policy in every state. Um, hopefully, I don't know if it'll be this year, but in the next year or two, have a policy in every state. We've got a good, strong start. Um, Hawaii actually is one that's on the board already. So there I keep go. thinking I need to visit that one. You know, you cross <laughs> right. there, I think. <laughs> but um, so that definitely in growth and just kind of creating that brand recognition to be the go-to agent and division for permanent makeup, for med spas, to gain that reputation as, hey, she's an agent, she knows your business, she knows the services, she understands what you need and why you need it. Um, and that's definitely something that I'm working on and just growing with. So, you know, you, you were you were in the beauty space, transitioned into the insurance, something totally new, something you weren't sure if you, um, you know, had even belonged, you know, there initially, but, you know, you've started definitely. this... Um, you know, this new thing, what, what's been the biggest, it's a two-parter. So what's, what's been the biggest hurdle for you as you've, you know, created Beauty Queen? And then also what's been the most fulfilling as aspect for you? Oh, the obstacle, probably just the marketing, figuring out what I wanted to do, how I wanted to do it. Once I came up with the name, we did work with the printing company and it was a lot of back and forth of, you know, in my mind, I had an idea of how I wanted it to look. And then I thought I would do a great job of explaining that in an email and saying, here's what I want it to look like. Here's the font. Here's the text. Like in my mind, I'm like, this is how it's going to look. And then I get sent something back and it's the complete opposite <laughs> of what I was asking for, or what I wanted, or the changes that needed to be made. And that was really discouraging because it was a couple of months of back and forth. And But I also knew I didn't want to settle. I didn't want to just say, well, I don't want them to think I'm difficult or push back or just, you know, I don't, I had to get over that and say, you know, unless they send me something that I immediately love it and it sparks joy within me, I have to be proud of this because it's my business card. It's my brand. It's my baby. And I can't just settle because I'm afraid they're going to think I'm being difficult or aggressive or, you know, I just had to get that out of my mind. And we worked on the business card and you kind of see a mock-up of it kind of behind me here. Um, and finally, when they sent that and I opened that attachment, I'm like, like, yes, like, this is the one. Like, I just knew, like, yep, this is what we're going with. This is what we're taking. And then I came up with little, like, fellow bags. So I have, like, a hair tie on there with Beauty Queen on it, my information, a little bio about me, some chocolate in there. So I would use this when I prospected. Um, and then coming up with flyers. So definitely just figuring out the foundation of the name and the brand and the recognition and the colors and how it should look. Um, and then social media still trying to figure that out because I don't want to buy followers or play that game. So really I have a good organic reach on Instagram, which is crazy. Instagram, I have more followers on, um, not a lot, but I have more followers on. They are my target market, but also I have more engagement. But Facebook, I have less followers, less engagement, but better leads and more contacts through Facebook. Um, so obstacle was just the foundation, figuring out what I wanted it to look like, having that recognition. 
And here's then, my unsolicited two cents for you on your marketing campaigns. We did a literally a full eight hour boot camp on insurance marketing yesterday. And the guy that closed out for me was Bradley Flowers from Insurance Guys Podcast. And um Bradley and I tend to think a lot along the same lines. We don't necessarily do things exactly the same, but you know, usually if he's doing something and it's not something I'm doing, I can understand why he's doing it. It may or may not make sense for my business, but what he brought up yesterday was that if you are going to double down anywhere right now on your marketing efforts, it should be Instagram Reels. Instagram mm-hmm. Reels are getting way further reach than any other platform for no other reason than that's Facebook's competitor to TikTok, and they are doing everything they can to try and keep people on their platform. And he, the, just the numbers that he was talking about that he was seeing from reach on a simple one-minute educational insurance video as an Instagram Reel was insane. Absolutely. So stories and posts and reels and I kind of do a mix of everything. So sometimes it is pertinent to professional liability and examples of maybe something that went wrong, a service that went wrong and examples of why that coverage is important. So they get that and they understand that. And then sometimes it's just like yesterday was National Puppy Day. So I posted a picture of my dog. So it's a fine line of some fun stuff, but also informative stuff. And the post or the story I did yesterday, um, the sign behind me, I just held it up and kind of did a little boomerang and just said, here's your sign to call Beauty Queen Insurance. And, you know, that gets shared and recognized and I get great feedback from that and a lot of um, eyes on that as well. So you just set the table perfectly for what I was going to ask you next, because if I was doing Beauty Queen Insurance, the thing that I would want to know the most about is the claims. Like, what are the what's the craziest claim that you've <laughs> seen come in so far? So far, knock on wood, not that many claims have come in. Um, I hope it continues that way. Um, I think really right now, um, some of them it's for permanent makeup that. Would, could could turn into a claim, but... I mean, it, I was hoping you so, were going to tell me it was some lady that came in to get microblading done to her eyebrows, and now all of a sudden she's got like a four-inch arch over each eye. <laughs> looks permanently surprised. All I'm now thinking about right now is, 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 is botched. That's like the only thing I can think of. You ever watch well, that? Like, Kyle, you and I were talking earlier yeah. how it's kind of the wild, wild west, and it's not really regulated in some states. So, yes, right. botched absolutely happen for Dude, that show is so crazy (laughs) (laughs) it's terrifying i know (laughs) what is it about botched plastic surgery and stuff yeah it's these yeah it's yeah it's these two dudes that have like they're plastic surgeons and and they basically they get all these people who come in that have just had like horrible horrible like the the lion lady that's on the cover of the grocery store tabloids every time you go through yeah yeah, yeah, it's 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 any anyways. That's that's what was running through my head when you asked that question. And I've seen <laughs> that on like they weren't my insured, but I've seen that on these private Facebook groups where this community is like, "Hey, I had this client come in, not my work, but now she has like McDonald's arches on her forehead and <laughs> unfortunately you have to remove that. You have to laser that off, saline removal of that off and start over." Um, but it's a process, and I think a lot of times the clients don't understand what the process is for microblading. So they'll love them at first, and then they'll think, oh, my gosh, it's too dark, and then it has to heal for a little bit because it is like a tattoo. So there's some healing that has to go on until you know what it's going to look like. Um, but knock on wood, all well, and that's the thing, too. My insureds, they have to have a minimum, especially to be quoted with PPIB, 40 hours training in person, some online training, a minimum of five procedures completed in training um, because otherwise, gosh, that is a huge liability. And we can quote some other places, but their premium is higher because that training isn't there. And in Indiana, Mm -hmm. it's not necessarily um, regulated. So you could literally go on YouTube, take a course, order everything off Amazon and open a business, which is terrifying. It's different in every state. But I mean, and that's where you see the McDonald's arches is because people go in, they haven't done an actual person yet in training, and now they're taking clients. It just, it's crazy. Not good. 
No. So I know there are some um, states that are pushing for regulation and they absolutely should, but we use PPIB a lot and they're out of California. Um, they're a great go-to for really all of the services that we target, um, but their requirements are our requirements where you have to have a minimum 40 hours training and at least five procedures completed in training as well. So that helps parlay the claims a little bit. Nice. So what have we not touched on that you want to talk about Beauty Queen? Um, well, I definitely want to say thank you. I have a marketer. Her name's Michelle. She's incredible. She really took this on with me. Um, she was here at Smith Air Smith before I was hired on. And then this Beauty Queen grew and I needed somebody to help me. And she was like, I'll, I'll do this. And I would get her, I would send her the new business submissions. And I mean, together we really have worked to say, okay, these are the carriers for this service or this business and standard markets won't write this or what states can we write for this business? And, you know, it's just kind of been definitely a work in, pro in progress, but uh, Michelle has just been incredible for helping me, taking this on with me and learning along with me. Um, I guess also going back to one of the things that I had like an obstacle with was imposter syndrome. I don't know if you guys deal with that, either yourself starting out or anyone else has talked about that. But when I was starting to meet with, you know, RNs and plastic surgeons and dermatologists, it was a little scary and intimidating at first. So for myself, I had a little bit of an imposter syndrome, like, who am I to do this? Who am I to know these people or sit at the table with these people. So I had to get over that really quick. And it wasn't necessarily I had to prove myself, but in my mind, I had to say, you do deserve this and you're working hard and they should trust you and they should listen to you. That is literally in the intro to our podcast. I was just going to say, it's yeah, like, something I've heard before. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, I, and it's interesting. I, I think that, you know, that to me is the biggest thing that every single producer needs to do is get out of their own way. You know, mm -hmm. the client has no clue what your qualifications are. I mean, if you've got a reasonably good web page, if you have a reasonably decent LinkedIn page in our world, you know, I don't know, they may look at other social for what you're doing because it, you know, it is more social actually, you know, mm -hmm. I, I, People go to the beauty salon or whatever they hang. I mean, I've got friends. I, I did not realize this. This is not a controversial racial statement. This is a fact. Uh, you know, I, I graduated from Birmingham Southern, which is an extremely liberal, liberal arts college. And I went through a, a pretty interesting curriculum on race and ethnic relations and things. And I was in class with a bunch of middle-aged, at that time, African-American women. And I didn't realize that they would go to the frickin' uh, hair place for like eight hours on a Saturday. Like, that's the place, man. You yes. go there, you hang out for the entire day, and, you know, boom. It's crazy. Hmm. Your hairstyle so is it, I, your therapist, so... <laughs> Yeah, and what I was, yeah, what I was saying, yeah, but what I was saying with that is, you know, it's a more social, it's a more yeah. social industry because they're used to talking to people all day, knowing about people's lives and everything else. So if I was looking at it from a purely marketing perspective, I, I could understand, you know, I would un believe that Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, some of the less, you know, the non LinkedIn, right? You're not going to find a stylist uh -huh. hanging out on LinkedIn. What I see is stylists taking pictures of what they've done to different people and posting it on their Instagram. And if you can interact with that and do those things, I mean, I think that's huge. So, And over um, LinkedIn, I do get leads from nurse practitioners, injectors doing Botox and fillers and plastic surgeons and dermatologists. So I do have that group on LinkedIn. And that was the other thing with imposter syndrome. You know, I would follow, I would like, I would connect with people over LinkedIn and I had to just get over it real fast that, you know, I am not good enough to connect with this person or follow this person. I'm like, no, I am good enough. Like I'm just as I'm not, you know, I, it was just hard for me to be in that space, but I had to get over it and just say, you know, they have no idea who I am and I can help them. Yeah, absolutely. So what are you going to do with this thing? Are you good? I mean, are you, are you going worldwide nationwide? I mean, are you staying nationwide. right where you're at? How far is your reach right now? Oh my goodness. So we're in 14 states. I'd love to be in all 50 um, by the end of the year, but maybe it'll take a couple years. Uh, right now, so we're in Indiana, um, where I'm working. <laughs> I'm working on the four corners. Um, I want. We have Maine. We have Florida. We've got Texas, California. I'm working on getting Washington. Um, I've got North Dakota. So I've kind of got the four corners, but I've got Hawaii. Um, I have Iowa. 
of course, Michigan, Ohio, Illinois, by Indiana. So we've got a pretty good reach already, which is crazy. So now it's kind of the um, middle of the US that I guess I need to travel to. And I think I'm gonna go to Montana, you know, kind of get my word out, get my name out there that way. A little Yellowstone action. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. Absolutely. So, well, let's so just, just yeah, go ahead. Just growing and really figuring out um, each business and the requirements for each and every state is different. So understanding those requirements as I'm quoting and I'm definitely more proud of myself for understanding the quoting process and the requirements and not being afraid to ask. And starting out, you know, I had asked for policies and really love every day I'm learning something new. So Michelle and I, it's like, oh, I didn't know this or this carrier won't write in Arizona, but they will write here and we need coverage for this and just really critical thinking and figuring out a solution to the problem. Um, but like I said, Smith or Smith, we're lucky that we can write in all 50 states. So really nothing is off the table. I'd love to go international. Um, I've had not necessarily anyone ask for a quote, but people in Canada ask for some direction and it's kind of starting to grow. It's kind of cool to see it grow legs of its own, um, something that I had an idea in my mind and to make it an actual tangible thing, a brand a policy. It's really cool to see it come to fruition and to grow really as fast as it has. And I hope it just continues to grow with referrals and social recognition. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I would be having a captive on my radar. <laughs> I would be putting this thing, I would be growing it and creating my own captive for this specific niche and then really be printing money. And I'd get Lloyd's to, Lloyd's to back it internationally so that I could get outside the U.S. Um, but, you know, the other thing you can do too is, I mean, are there any other things you have on the horizon? Well, I don't, I'm not going to ask you that because I don't want you to reveal any trade secrets or anything. Yeah. But I would just be, yeah, my other thing is I would just be interested in, you know, what you might parlay this into. It, it, let's just say that Beauty Queen Insurance hits its ceiling. You could take everything you've learned and roll that in to do this exact same thing in another vertical. Have you ever thought of doing anything else? I think I, other than beauty or. Yeah. I mean, or that could be peripheral to it. It's so, it has so many legs. Beauty has so many legs. I mean, I love to continue the industry that we're doing now, but focusing more on teaching and um, students and I don't I mean I don't know if we'll grow to the point that I need like an assistant or other people doing it but I love that I'm able to do it all right now and kind of be a one woman band um, but definitely like you said turning it into something where it is maybe a separate agency or a franchise or turning it into something the go-to place for beauty insurance or even a program manager for other agents, right? That if they mm -hmm. want to do it, they don't know how to do it, they can access you. I was thinking more along the lines of like actually going after the schools and ensuring the schools themselves, going after the people who are creating the product and trying to ensure those manufacturers and distributors of the beauty product and stuff. And, and I thought that. about that, the beauty schools, eventually once I go a few more times and have more of a relationship with them, I'll have that conversation. But I just kind of want to go in and be quiet and stealthy and focus on the students and then kind of have that conversation of you do know that I can ensure your, your actual school and we can have that conversation at renewal and keep me in mind. So I definitely have thought about the beauty schools and for um, products and manufacturers, that's something that I've started to think about and wonder about and hope that I have the opportunity someday to do that. Cool. You create that opportunity, Crystal, as long as you don't get yourself caught up in imposter syndrome. You can do whatever it is that you want to do. Well, you set right the now, rules. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Well, and I want to make sure what I'm doing now, like I fully understand frontwards, backwards, inside out. Like I, I get it. Like I understand each beauty industry and what the requirements are, maybe what a typical policy would be, premium, and really have the knowledge for that before I grow too much because I really want to make sure like I have this foundation and I know it inside out fully before I conquer something else. Fair enough. Sweet. Well, listen, this guy was late. We're at the time that you dedicated to us. I want to be respectful of that. I think we've hammered this thing, honestly, pretty well. You know, really cool story. I love hearing mm -hmm. about people who have an idea that starts out as sort of 
just that, an idea in their head, and then actually seeing it turn into a brand that you can touch and feel and then a viable product and company. So congratulations to you for seeing that thing through from beginning to where you're at today. And I look forward to, if nothing else, just sitting on the outside watching this thing continue to flourish. Thank you. Yeah, it's um, kind of been hard to be, I don't want to say proud of myself, but you know, I'll take all the wins and I don't want to get my get too big for my britches. But I also want to make sure that I um, celebrate my successes when I, you know, when I secure them. And you need to, you absolutely need to, you need to be picking things at milestones. Yeah. You got to treat yourself. Um, Yeah. I treat myself. Tom Haverford would. (laughs) Tom Haverford definitely would. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Tom Haverford and Donna would treat yourself. <laughs> if you didn't watch Parks and Rec, you wouldn't get that. But any, anybody who did knows exactly yep. what I'm oh, talking about. Oh, I know. About. And then the other characters that, yep. I mm-hmm. oh, love it. Love it. Mm-hmm. So there was a, there's a new one coming out, too, by the way, um, called Flatch. Hmm. It is supposed to be like. Yet? I haven't watched it yet. I have not watched it, but I've not watched it. But the, the, the advertisement said, if you like Parks and Rec, you're going to love Flatch. It looks so, really funny. Love Parks and Love Parks and Rec. Probably going to watch Flash just to see what happens. I got to get through Below Deck. And now Below Deck has all these spinoffs coming off of it. It's in, Yeah, we're terrible. We watch the worst TV ever and fall asleep to it. So, yep. Listen, I appreciate you taking time to come on, Crystal. Everybody else, thanks for listening. We appreciate you. If you have not checked out the Power Producers Mastermind, check it out on KillingCommercial.com. And also, we crushed it. I referenced it a little bit earlier, but we had a great building marketing to build a million-dollar book of business boot camp yesterday. Every presenter on there, except for me, just absolutely destroyed it. I went first and set the bar really low so that everybody else was sure to look good, and they came in and just absolutely dominated. If you haven't participated in one of our live events, go to killingcommercial.com. Check it out. It's there. You can get it. You can get a single uh, access to a single webinar. You can get access to the recordings. You can get a buy, uh, buy an annual pass and get access to everything that's on there and i have gotten tons of feedback from people that were on there yesterday of what just how much they've learned and how excited they are to get out and implement so check it out killingcommercial.com we will catch you next time see ya you've been listening to the power producers podcast you can follow killing commercial insurance on facebook and youtube and if you want to take your game to the next level next level check out our book the extra two minutes and our website killingcommercial.com